Well, good morning, Destiny Church. I think we're live this morning. So it's so good to see you. Thanks for jumping in and being with us on our live stream service today. I know that this is not how we're used to going to church, but things are a little bit different right now. But I'm so glad that we can still come together and that we can still gather. Though we're not in the same physical space, we're in the same spiritual space. And we see that even the Apostle Paul, when he wrote in the scriptures, he would write about not being, not being there with them in body, but being with them in spirit. And so we're joining together using the tools that we have. And I thank God that we have these tools that we're able to use to join together and to come together and worship together and to receive the word today. I know that these times that we're in might seem a little bit strange. They might seem a little bit troubling, but I want you to know that no matter what we go through in life, God does not fail. God does not fail us. And, and that pause there is where I would normally hear an amen. So hopefully you're giving me some amens in your living room today. But uh, anyway, God does not fail. God does not fail us. He is going to take care of us. He is going to take care of his people. He is going to see us through this as a city, as a state, as a nation, and the world. This is not the end of humanity. This is a speed bump along the journey of life. And I know that many of you may be troubled this week. Let me encourage you. God sees you. God knows where you're at. God knows exactly what you're going through. And God is going to take care of you. It's in the most difficult times that we see the faithfulness of God come through in the most explicit of ways. And you're going to see that. You're going to see God come through in amazing ways for you as we go through this season together. God does not fail. You know what else hasn't failed this week? The internet. The internet hasn't failed this week. And so I want to show you uh, some of my favorite memes that I've found on the internet this week. And so I think these are funny. I, you know, I think humor is important. I think it's important that, that we learn to laugh and we're not laughing at the people that are suffering. Of, of course, we're, we're in it together and our hearts go out to them. But the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so I want to share, share with you before we get to the word today, I want to share with you some things that I found funny this week. And so the first one, it says, my hand after washing it 4,765 times in one day. Can anybody else relate? To little baby Yoda there. Yeah, exactly. The next one says, me still going on my cruise. I love this picture of the person going on their cruise. And you can tell they're going on the cruise because they've, they've got their flip-flops on even under their protective gear. This next one, I know we can all relate to. It says, select payment type, Visa, MasterCard, or toilet paper. You can... I even got a laugh after out of Pastor Terry on that one. Uh, so yeah, a precious commodity in our day and age, toilet paper. Who would have thought? This next one, I know uh, my wife can certainly re relate to. It's parenting during the coronavirus shutdown after day one and day three. Can I get an amen from all the moms out there? Yeah, amen. 
And then finally, this uh, one relates to me. It says, pray for your pastors this week as they attempt to make this Sunday's live stream not look like a Bin Laden capture video. And so uh, it's been an interesting week uh, together, but we got to laugh as people. Sometimes the, the only thing you can do is laugh. And of course, our hearts go out to the people that are suffering. We're not laughing at them. But the situation that we find ourselves in is not like anything that we've ever been through before in my lifetime, certainly. Certainly, the human race has gone through actually much worse than this. But in our lifetimes, you know, this is an unprecedented type of event. And it's good to remember that sometimes it's okay to just laugh and have some fun. So where do we turn in times like this? Well, we turn to God's word. God's word is our sure foundation. God's word is the rock upon which we stand. God's word is the thing that will not be shaken even when everything around us is shaking. God's word is the foundation upon which we build our lives. And so I wanna invite you to open with me today in your Bible to the book of Acts. We've been in a series going through the book of Acts together. And today we're moving into Acts chapter three. I'm gonna ask you to grab your Bibles to go and, and look at Acts chapter three with us together. We're actually gonna look at the entire chapter today from Acts chapter three. And this is a story that happens uh, just after the day of Pentecost and after this new community, the new church was formed. The rest of the book of Acts, it shows us how the church lived with the spirit and the power of God, something we desperately need in our world today. Our world needs the church to arise in the spirit and the power of God. Of God. And this story is actually a story in four parts. We're going to look at the first two parts this week, and then next week we'll look at the next two parts from chapter four. And before we jump into God's word, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that your word never fails because you always keep your word. Lord, not a promise in your book has ever failed or will ever fail. Lord, in troubled times, we can turn and trust in you. and We can trust in your word. Lord, I thank you for your word that sustains us in times like these. Lord, as we look at this story today from Acts chapter three, I pray that you would instruct us, that you would teach us, that you would lead us and that you would guide us, and that you would help us to be the people that you've called us to be, in this day and age in which you've placed us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, okay. All right, Acts chapter three, and I'm gonna read the passage this morning, and then we're gonna come and we're gonna look at four things from this passage. I know it's gonna speak to you today. Verse one says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate. He was there to ask for alms of those who entered the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. He was asking, he's a beggar, asking for money. Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and they said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, 
but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they recognized him as the one who would sit at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one, and you asked for a murderer to be released, and you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are all witnesses. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man his perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, the Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, in your offsprings shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. This is an incredible story. This is an amazing miracle. This is something that if any one of us were to see something like this, we would tell our children and our grandchildren about. This is the power of God breaking into our world to fix something that is broken. And in this story, there are four things that I think are incredibly applicable to us today with what we're going through in our community, in our families, and in our homes. 
And so I, I want to I draw your attention to these, these four things that I know are going to bless you. I know are going to strengthen you. I know are going to help you in the days that we live in and the, the days that are to come. The first thing I want to draw your attention to is simply the beggar. What the Bible calls this lame man, this lame beggar. If you look in your title of your Bible, the title of this section is The Lame Beggar Healed. How would you like that to be how you were known? How would you like that to be your identity? That this is all who this man was, a lame beggar. The Bible tells us that he was lame from his mother's womb. Some people are lame because they've been involved in some sort of tragic accident and they've lost the use and the mobility of their legs. Some people are lame because they've gone through a sickness that has taken from them the ability to walk. Not this man. This man came out of his mother's womb and into this world broken not able to walk. Can you imagine that? Maybe you know a little bit about what that's like. This means that he never knew the joy of, of running and playing. This means he never knew the comfort of, of being able to run into his mother's arms when he was hurt. This means he never knew what it was like to play catch with his dad. To have never walked a step this means that everywhere this man ever went, he was only able to go there because someone brought him there, because someone carried him there, because someone loved him enough to take care of him. And in this day and age, all that he could do was beg. He couldn't work. So the only way he could support himself was to, to go to the temple, and to sit outside this gate, what was called the beautiful gate, and to ask the people going in to pray, the people of God, if they would be kind enough and generous enough to, to give them uh, him a little bit of something that he could maybe buy some food for that night. The amazing thing is that we know this man was loved because somebody took him there day after day. The city of Jerusalem and the temple was on an elevated position. You have to go up a lot of stairs to go into Jerusalem and even more stairs to go up into the temple. And so even though this man is lame, we know that he is loved. Somebody picks him, takes him there every day and drops him off. This man is somebody who has a great need. And what we see is that Peter and John, they're, they're just going about their daily lives. They're, they're, they're going about their, their routine. They, they go up for the hour of prayer, which is 3 p.m. It's part of what they do as God's people in that day. And you know what? As they go about their business, as they go about their day, they come across this man in need. And you know, you and I, we don't have to go out of our way to find people who are in need. Especially in this time, especially in this season, there's people in need everywhere. And so as God's people, the, the first thing that we need to realize is that, hey, there are people who are in need. There are people who have serious needs. And I want to draw your attention to them. The second thing I want to draw your attention to is that Peter and John, they looked at this man in need. They looked at him. 
They took notice of him. Verse 6 of, of chapter 3 says that when the man called out to him, that, that they turned and, and they directed their gaze at, them, at him. He, they looked right at this man. The reason that this, I want to draw your attention to this is because this is not the natural reaction when we see people begging. The natural reaction that we have when we see people begging is to do what? It's to look the other way. It's to look away, to look to the side, to avert our gaze. It's difficult to watch and to see someone who is destitute, someone who is in desperate need of help, especially if we feel we can't help them. But this is not what Peter and John do. Peter and John do not look away. Peter and John do not walk by this man who is in need. And said, it says they looked directly at him. And we as God's people, we have to keep our eyes open. We as God's people, we, we cannot show a blind eye to those who are in need. We, we can't turn a deaf ear to the cries of people who need our help, especially in this time, especially in this season. People need the people of God to arise and not do the natural thing, but to do the spiritual thing, to do the supernatural thing, to, to not go out of our way to avoid the person in need, but to look at them with compassion. You know, it says that Jesus, when he was here, that he, he looked out upon the multitudes and he was moved with compassion. And if we're not careful as God's people, what will happen in this season is we will become like everybody else, so inward focused on our own problems, on our own needs, that we won't see the needs of others. We cannot, we cannot give in to the flesh, give in to fear, give in to worry, give in to panic and ignore the needs of those around us. Jesus said that if we would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that all of these things will be added to you as well. And I believe with all my heart that, that all of these things includes toilet paper for you. We, we can't become so isolated in this season of isolation and so focused on our own needs that we're not able to see the needs of our fellow Man, Peter and John, they don't look the other way. They don't overlook this man who is in need. They looked at him. They saw his need. We need to see the needs of the people around us. The third thing I want to draw to your attention today is that Peter and John gave what they had. Peter and John gave to this man what they had. They didn't have silver or gold, as this saying goes. They, they didn't have alms to give him. They didn't have some money to give him that day. But they gave him what they had, which was even better than money. They gave him something that even money could not buy. They gave him the power of God. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, 
of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So what is it that you have to give? Maybe you have silver and gold. Maybe you are able to help people with some monetary help or some some, uh, practical provision, some material things. Do it. Do it. God is going to take care of you. God is going to take care of you. We cannot stop short of, of stepping out and being the people of God, being Christ on the earth. Being moved with compassion is is not just being stirred in our emotions, it's being moved to action. It's being moved to to doing something to meet the need. They didn't have silver or gold. They gave him something better. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Listen, you can only give what you have received. You can only give what you have. I'm not asking you to give something that you don't have. You might say, well, Pastor Matt, I, I, don't, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could, could command a man to get up and walk who's lame. You know what? I'm not going to argue with you on that. But I do know this. God has given you something. God has given you something. God has given you something to help you meet the needs of those around you. You know, one of the greatest needs in our world today in this season is simply hope. Hope. People need hope. And right now, you know where people are putting their hope? They're putting their hope in the government to pass some stimulus package that's going to bail everything out. They're putting their hope in the doctors to come up with some vaccine, some miracle drug to push this virus back. Listen, I don't know if you've watched any of the news or any of the press conferences, but listen, if our hope is in the the government and our hope is in the doctors, we're in a bad place. And this is why so many people are panicked right now because they're putting their hope in places that's not a sure foundation. But we have an eternal hope in Jesus Christ a hope that is beyond this life, a a hope of eternity, a hope of sins forgiven, of eternal life, of a kingdom without end. Brothers and sisters, we have hope, true hope, a hope that is secure, a salvation that is secured for us, not by our own works or by our own righteousness, but by the very work of the Son of God who laid himself down on the cross to pay for our sins, who shed his own blood to redeem us so that all who put their faith in him could have their sins forgiven and receive eternal life. Brothers and sisters, we have hope. Our world is without hope right now. Our world is desperate for hope. And we're the only ones who've got it. We're the only ones who have hope that is secure. Not a false hope in in idols of of government and and doctors. And, And I thank the Lord for those things. And I hope they can figure some things out. But at the end of the day, our hope is not in those things. Our faith is not in those things. Our hope is in the Lord, our God. 
the creator of heaven and earth, the author and the giver of our lives. Give people hope. Tell people about Jesus. Share with them the hope that you have. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to succumb to to the panic and the worry and the dread because our hope is secure. Whatever comes this life, listen, this life is temporary. This life is a facade. This life is a, a vapor. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. What we're seeing in the world today is that the good life that everybody thought they had, how quickly and how easily it all can vanish. Just last week, we were talking about ways to to have more services here. Every single day this week, things are changing so fast. But for those of us who are Christians, our hope is settled. Our hope is secure. No matter what comes our way in this life, God says he will work all things for our good. Because we love him. We're called according to his purpose. Share your hope with people. What about speaking words of encouragement to people? That's, that's words of building them up. When, when people call you in a panic, you can say, listen, let me pray with you. Let me encourage you. Let me tell you about the hope that I have don't, 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 don't talk people down. Don't get caught in this negative cycle, this downward spiral of, oh, me, and oh, my, and what's going to happen? Encourage people. Speak words that give life. The Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Listen, as God's people, we need to arise, and we need to speak life. We need to speak encouragement to one another. We need to tell people, listen, you're going to make it. You're going to make it through this. And I'm here with you to help you in whatever you need to bring you through. Sharing hope, sharing encouragement, sharing with them the salvation that we have through Christ. Sharing with them the love of God. Loving people. I know it's difficult when you can't touch them and you can only bump them with your elbow. Like that sounds like something you do to somebody you don't love. That's the most we can do to love people right now as far as physical interaction goes. But listen, God's gonna give you creative ways to show love to people. God's gonna give you creative ways to show encouragement and to show hope to people. And of course, if we have a way to meet people's practical needs, let's do it. Let's do what we can to help one another. I know that the problem is great, but listen, you don't have to worry about everybody's problem that's out there. Just worry about the person that's right in front of you. It's the one that's there. That's what Peter and John did. They didn't worry about every lame person. They didn't worry about the economy that's gonna collapse because of lame people. No, it was God, who have you brought into my path today? If we will just have our eyes open and see and not look beyond, a simple word of encouragement, a simple word of affirmation, a simple word of sharing the hope that we have in Christ, of loving people in a practical way, if we have something to give, let's give it. 
going to our neighbors, going to, to those who are elderly or, or shut in and finding ways to serve them. This is what they did. They gave what they have. What do you have? You have something to give. And if you will take and give what you've got, the power of the Holy Spirit, it's going to work miracles in people's lives. I believe that. I believe we all have something to give. Finally today, number four, the fourth thing I want to draw your attention to is that Peter preaches the gospel. Peter preaches the gospel. You see, it's not just enough that this man received some physical benefit and some physical healing. What you will see is that every time now in the book of Acts that there's a miracle, there's some incredible demonstration of God's power that happens. What happens is it draws a crowd. People are astonished. People are amazed. People say, wow, this is amazing. What has happened here? This is the guy that's been lame since birth. Now he's running around. This is the guy that's never taken a step in his life. Now he's leaping and and praising God. And they say, this is amazing. What is all of this about? Look at what Peter does. Peter preaches the gospel. You see, the miracle is only a method to get the message out. It's not about the miracle, as awesome as that is. It's about the message. It's about the gospel. It's about taking this message of the saving power of Jesus Christ to the world, to your world. This is what it's all about. And I love what Peter does. Peter, he shifts the attention off of himself and John and onto Jesus as fast as he can. As fast as he can. He says, why do you think that this is amazing? This has nothing to do with us or our power or our righteousness. This is all about the power of Jesus Christ. Peter and John, they don't set up Peter and John Healing Ministries International. They don't start taking offerings to to give people their healing. They say it's not about us and our power. It's only about Jesus and the power that comes through his name. I love that they do that. We can't let it become about us. It's all about Jesus. What our world needs is Jesus. The healing that he can bring the inner healing to our hearts. Don't miss this. This is the the big theme throughout the book of Acts is that the the church moves forward and that the kingdom is expanded and that souls are saved, not by the miracles, but by the preaching of the message. And Peter is bold in his proclamation. He gets the attention off of himself. He puts the attention on Jesus And he calls them to repentance. He says, listen, guys, you're headed in the wrong direction. You need to to be reconciled to God. You're living in sin. He even goes on to say that you killed the author of life. He calls them to repentance. He calls them from 
rebellion to faith in Jesus Christ. And listen, I, I, I believe that we are called to do the same as God's people. We are called to do the same. Maybe you don't have that gift of being so confrontational. Listen, you share the gospel in the way that God has created you, but you share the gospel. You share the gospel in your own words, in your own story, and in your own life, but you share the gospel. You tell about the atoning death of Jesus Christ. You tell about how he is the only answer for the greatest problem in our world and let me tell you something. I, I know that we think that the greatest problem in our world today is the coronavirus. It's not as great of a problem as it is. And I believe it is a problem. It's not the greatest problem. The greatest problem in our world today is still the same problem that it was six weeks ago. The same problem that it was six years ago. The same problem that it was 2,000 years ago. The problem is sin. This is the greatest problem in our world. Rebellion against God. Humanity going its own way. And the only answer for sin, the only cure for sin, there's nothing you can do to buy it. You can't go to a doctor somewhere to have him heal you of it. You can't even go to a pastor or a priest. You have to go straight to Jesus Christ. He is the only one who can forgive you of your sins. He is the only one who can reconcile you back to God. He's the only one who can grant you life eternal and hope that is secure. You're not going to find secure hope in the government, in the doctors. Because guess what? Even after they figure this thing out, you think this is going to be the last virus? You think this is going to be the last pandemic? These things come and these things go. Leaders come and leaders fall. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What you need is Jesus. Listen, I don't know where you're at with God today. I don't even know where you're sitting today. But God knows where you're at. I don't know who you are, but God knows who you are. I don't know what's in your heart, but God knows what's in your heart. Where are you at today with Jesus? This is the essence of Peter's message. He gets down to business quickly. He says, you killed the author of life. What a statement. But I want to tell you something. It wasn't just those men that put Jesus Christ on that cross. It was you and it was me because Jesus went to the cross to pay the price for sin. It wasn't just them that killed the author of life. It was you that killed the author of life by your sin. But Jesus went there willingly. Jesus went there because of his great love for you. Jesus went there because he was not content to see you ravaged by the devil he was not content to see you separated from his love, separated from a relationship with him. Listen, my friends, the Bible is so clear. There's only two destinations for us when we depart from this life. 
those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ and had our sins forgiven, our eternity is secure. Our hearts are washed clean. The Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God takes our sin and he places it upon Jesus. And he takes from Jesus his righteousness and he places it on us. And for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, we're going to spend eternity forever with Jesus in the kingdom of God and in heaven. But for those of you who have not put your faith in Jesus Christ, the place that you are heading is much worse than a sickness. It's much worse than a disease. It's much worse than the coronavirus. It's, it's much worse than being in the hospital, dying of a disease. It's a place called hell where you will pay the price for your sin, where you will pay the price for rebelling against God. Listen, my friends, I plead with you today. Don't pay the price for your sin. Jesus has already paid that price. You, you don't have to go to hell. Jesus has already went through hell for you. You can receive forgiveness. You can receive healing. You can receive wholeness. You can receive salvation. You can receive restoration and redemption and hope secure today, this moment, by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Peter calls those men to repentance. I am calling you to repentance today. Turn from the path that you are on and turn to Jesus Christ. And what Peter says is if that you will turn, that there will be times of refreshing that come. Times of refreshing. I, I, I wish that you would know, my friend, the refreshing that we have through the Spirit of God as Christians when the world is falling down around us, that we have access to the creator God, we go into his presence, we pray to him, we worship him, we sing to him, and he wraps us in his loving arms, his loving kindness, and his tender mercies. It is a safe space like you will never know. The Bible says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Almighty will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Listen, there is a place for you, not just in eternity, but right now you can have hope secure. So right now, what I want to do all across the world, I'm going to ask you right now, if you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ, you say, I've been headed the wrong way. I've been going my own way. I've been trusting in my own self. I've been sinning against God. You want to make a decision right now. I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I'm going to ask you right now, wherever you're at, in your living room, in your dining room, in your kitchen, in another room of the house, wherever you are, I'm going to ask you to stand right now. There may be people with you. You may be all by yourself. I want you to stand to your feet as you make this decision to follow Christ. And now that you're standing, 
I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. This is a sign of surrender. As you lift your hands to the Lord, just begin to call out upon him. The Bible says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you will call out to the Lord in repentance and in faith, turning from your sin and trusting in Jesus, right now you will receive salvation. Right now you will receive eternal hope. I want to pray with you. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross in my place for my sin. I repent of my sin. I ask you to cleanse me. Thank you for saving me. I am now your child. Help me to follow Jesus all the days of my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.